Hi everyone, welcome to the Brains Behind Beauty podcast. My name is Jessica Stagg and today um, I am doing a podcast on frequently asked questions. So I have written down everything which I've been asked this week um, and I thought that I'd just do a podcast on it because I'm sure that other people would find it quite interesting. So it's a mix between um, business, personal, skin, um, so a lot of things that you can take from here. Um, So the first question that I got asked is where to start when I'm going into the industry? So a lot of these questions that I'm being asked, I'm going to try and almost simplify them as much as possible to make it um, get straight to the point. But also these questions can almost have like a whole new podcast in itself and we can go on forever about it and talk about all the different avenues that you can go down um, and really go in deep with it. So first question on where to start when I'm going into the industry is I think the most important thing is to have a little bit of an understanding of what part of the industry that you want to go into so whether you want to focus on the aesthetics and the science whether you enjoy more beauty the holistic side working with people and people's bodies whether you want to go deeper into the industry and working with going into like the nursing side and taking your qualifications into that if you want to go to uni at the end of it if you wanted to have your own business so it's important to have a little bit of an idea of what you enjoy the most and um, then you can then take that and go from there on opening up different avenues the best way to find out of what you do find best is start looking into things which you enjoy so start looking into obviously look at things that you follow on your social medias, the people that you watch, what it, what part of the industry are you enjoying? Why are you wanting to come into it? Um, even trying to get work experience. So working, if you can, um, networking and contacting local businesses around you to see if you can get any um get any work experience in different salons, clinics, uh, spas. Um, all over the place to just see what is best for you and what you enjoy the most um so that's where I think of a starting point the one thing to always remember that when you go into this industry is don't let one experience be a bad experience so when I first started in the industry I worked in different salons I worked in different spas all over the UK I even worked in one spa and it was great because of the team I worked in another spa and literally it was knowing even that I had work a few days later I was just dreading even to go into it so it wasn't even so much the job role it was the people that I was working with so don't ever let one experience put you off the industry because it may not just be right for you it took me to try all these different avenues going into the spa industry going in the beauty industry going into holistic doing massage every day doing facials every day working with dermatologists working with aesthetic practitioners to actually find out exactly where my niche is and uh, another thing that I realized through my journey is that I massively enjoyed business. So when I left college and I had all my qualifications, I was also working in a care home at the time and I was in a debate whether I wanted to go into the nursing industry or whether I wanted to um, carry on and do beauty. And I basically made a promise to myself that I wanted to go into the beauty industry as scientific as I possibly can without having the uni degree because I wasn't that way. Like I didn't want a uni degree. I wasn't kind of academic um, to want to want to go and do that. So 
that's what I've done. I went as scientific as I possibly can and helped as many people as I can to uh, without needing that. And along the way, I noticed that I loved business whilst I was at it. Like it was getting to a point where even when I was working in salons, clinics and spas, they were almost saying that I was almost kind of unemployable because it was getting to a point that they knew where I knew where I wanted to be. They knew where I wanted to be. And I just had to crack on and do my business. So um, as a summary to that question of where to start in the business, I would say find your niche in the, um, sorry, not the business, in the industry. I'd find your niche of what you do enjoy. Another thing that I always say to my staff is that as soon as they, um, as soon, like, as much as we want to push everybody's strengths and we want to work on everybody's weaknesses and sometimes the girls obviously come in to work and do treatments that they don't want to do and stuff like that I think it's really important as a therapist to understand what you do enjoy and do that um I don't massively agree and this this is me and some um managers and business owners can probably argument against me on this but I don't massively agree of trying to um fill staff's columns with treatments that they don't massively enjoy doing because it means that they're going to stop enjoying their job they're not going to do it as good as that they can um and they're not going to put that much like effort into the treatment if we push staff's qualities and what people enjoy it means that they're going to enjoy coming to work they're going to get the best out of treatment and then they're going to work out their best and that's what i think in the industry in general is that you need to find what you enjoy you need to push what you enjoy push what you're good at by doing that it's um, obviously understanding yourself, getting experience, um, and then kind of just going from there, really, and um, trying as much as you possibly can, and then narrowing down what you enjoy. Um, so that's what I'd say as a general, not in like a business perspective, but more of just in the general industry as a whole, is um, that's where to start, understanding you as a person and where you want to be. The next question that I have is, how I stay motivated um so I get that quite a lot because if anyone follows me on Instagram and Facebook it looks like that I am busy all the time that I have things going on that I'm all over the place I have calendars coming out of my ear holes so um people ask me that obviously I try and get that balance between obviously trying to stay healthy and trying to stay fit trying to stay sustained keeping the businesses going doing treatments one minute you see me in London next minute you see me in Scotland so it's like so I'm all over the place um I think for me is that realistic Instagram versus reality is that everybody does have their up and down days the only thing is with my up and down days is that when I am having my down days I listen to my body I acknowledge what's going on and then I start doing things that I know that I need from me to be able to start bringing out the best of me again so if I am having a down day I do start going a little bit more quiet um I have a day watching telly and doing nothing I go and see family and friends I go and have a glass of wine I like go out for dinner um I do stuff I learn I read I do whatever so I listen to what I need to be able to get myself back up again and if I'm down I accept that I'm down and then um and then listen to my body and know that everything's going to be okay but also it's really important to have that self-discipline of not staying there so when you are having a down day appreciating the fact that it's a down day and your body needs to rest but you also then at some point need to do things that you probably don't want to do to get yourself going again like we all know that there's nothing worse than 
the first time to going back to the gym if you haven't been to the gym for a while or the first week try and eat healthy when you've been eating loads of crap and um and like indulging in food or like if you've had a week off of work and then having to get back to work and get motivated again it's that discipline between that step of knowing when you need to have time out and downtime and listening to your body but then having that discipline of doing things that you don't want to do to then get back into it again and then once you're back into it it all starts flowing your motivation starts coming again and everything starts flowing so also as well as I think my motivation comes a lot from I enjoy what I do um and so and I and I in creating um and I've got people that rely on me but in uh, healthy ways so um there's people that need stuff from me and if they don't get that stuff from me um and they're not getting my vibe from me then obviously they're not going to work to the best of their their abilities either so obviously I have that responsibility of I need to stay in top form to be able to get the best out of myself and everybody else but the only way that I'm going to do that is by listening to my body but but I don't I'm not motivated all the time I think what a lot of people do is they get stuck in the hole of either when they're not being motivated they struggle a lot to get out of it and then get back motivated again um or I think people are in that thing of putting themselves under a lot of pressure that they feel like they need to be motivated all the time but I think it's finding that balance and accepting the balance between um looking after yourself and being able to give the best to other people so um so yeah but we all have down days most people just see like with anything most people just see the best parts of everybody and people want to portray the best parts of themselves to everybody um but everybody's on their own path and that's the most important thing and and the more that you also connect with people that everybody's on their own path the more that you start building up relationships where you can just be what you want whenever you want um and whatever so yeah, I think the summary for that question of how to stay motivated is I stay motivated because I listen to my body when I need to have my up days and my down days and I work with it. Um, I completely understand that to give the best of myself to other people, I need to have my up and down days. I need to have time to myself, um, do things that I love and what I enjoy and what I need to do and then crack back onto it and carry on doing everything. And I think discipline is really important as well, that discipline between feeling pants and then just doing things that we don't want to do to get to where we want to be. I think that's really important. Um, so that's that. The next one is how to get good results with any general skin concerns. So um, this is something that I wrote about the other day on my email. So anyone that gets the emails is on there. Um, but so as a general overview on how to get good results is... I always tell my um, anyone and all my students that I'm teaching, this is what I almost show them. As we know that we can go through skin, um, we teach skin all the time. We can talk about skin all day. The science of skin has continued. The joy about this industry and the good thing about this industry is that it's always adapting. And you could have 10 aesthetic therapists, practitioners, skin practitioners, whatever, all sitting in a row next to each other. There could be a client sit in front of us with all this, with a concern. And each of us practitioners will treat that person potentially in different ways because of our own experiences, our own knowledge, our own background. So there's no massive in a way right or wrong way there's science to it um actually no there is wrong way sorry there's very wrong ways of treating, <laughs> treating skin concerns but I'm saying that there's not um everybody is um 
everybody can treat skin and get results differently. But the science of the skin is all kind of the same across the board. So even though these different aesthetic practitioners will all do different treatments or different or have different beliefs or use different ingredients or use different products to create a specific result on the skin, technically the science of it, of what they're trying to achieve is similar. So say, for example, if we're dealing with someone that's got pigmentation, on their skin sun damage on their skin the we still need to control the pigment production use tyrannese inhibitors which are, um which help to control the pigment being produced we still need to exfoliate the skin to exfoliate the stagnant pigment away we still need to remove the cause we still need to wear our spf so the science of it is the same and what the reaction that we're creating in the skin um will be similar but people are just doing different ways of dealing with it. So as a generic overview of treating most skin concerns, so if you think of most skin concerns that come in, it's normally to do with um, oily, acne, congestion, um, aging, pigmentation, broken capillaries, inflammation, sensitive, um, dry, dehydrated, those are normally the most common things that we tend to come across. So as a simplified way of dealing with it, so the first thing for any any person who's got any skin concern, you want to find out just more of like internal well-being. So like we already know, we know that the skin is a window to the body and anything that happens in the body will most likely show up on the skin in some specific way. Um so it's really, and you'll probably tend to find in a unless somebody has got a specific disease or disorder that's come about, then most skin, most general skin concerns that we see is a lot to do with general just lifestyle. Um, if people smoke or drink, um, people are in and outside a lot. You can tend to tell the difference with people's skin depending on where they live, if it's in a city to if it's in the country, if it's people who have a nice, healthy, balanced diet, people that have a high sugar diet. You can start really understanding like people that are on medication, if people are on things for kind of like um like almost like the anxiety, depression, and mind and stuff. There's obviously a lot of stress that's going on in the body, stress levels, how many kids people have, people's job roles, all of that will play a huge part to what we see on the skin and all the chemical messages that happen around the body to be able to feed the skin like what it needs to be able to heal itself and to um, regenerate and and all of that sort of stuff so we don't need to be rocket scientists to know to a certain extent what's good and what's bad for internal well-being so all that plays part in it hormones diet all of that does. So that will play a part. And then already, if we can work out just someone's general lifestyle and we can start putting little things in place to improve this, all of that will dramatically change the skin. There was one time when I had a client come in and she was desperate in need of help. She had like milia, a lot of dehydration around the face. Um, and she didn't quite have the budget yet to be able to afford things, which I was recommending to her. So I told her to go home, massage her skin, get off all the stripping products that she was on and just try and go as natural and organic as she can, feed the skin nutrition, um, eat as much greens and vitamins, um, drink as um, drink her minimum of a two litres of water a day. And when she came back to me two weeks later to come and then get all the products and the treatment, it, that dramatically changed her skin. She was very stressed. So I was obviously just giving her little tips and tricks to calm on the stress levels. So all of that and then her skin dramatically improved just by doing that. So looking at that and then just giving little bits of advice on how to improve. 
lifestyle. The second one is what people forget is the main one of the main reasons why people feel like that they try and everything but they're not getting results is because the most common thing that people do when they see a skin concern is they start trying to use ingredients and treatments and products and stuff to get um, to repair the problem to to so if people have got acne they tend to use a lot of like salicylic acid or azelaic acid tea tree all of that sort of thing to dry it out um if people have got pigmentation they tend to use the skin brighteners to try and tyranids inhibitors to try and get rid of it if somebody has dehydration on their skin they might use moisturizers to try and hydrate the skin so the most common thing that people do with skin concerns is try and fix the problem but the most the main reason why people see most common problems across the board is because of over the years of just neglect environmental damage the wrong use of products the wrong use of treatment um, not using the right ingredients on their skin they've ended up getting an impaired acid mantle and skin barrier defense system. So basically what your impaired acid mantle and skin barrier defense system is, is almost kind of like a layer to, a, a layer that goes throughout your skin cells where it keeps things out, which which is meant to be out of the skin, keeps things in, which are meant to be in, it tries to like engulf and get rid of diseases and bacteria and um, like your pH then sits on the surface. What happens over time is that when that starts breaking down, it then starts allowing things to get in, which we don't want in, which then disrupts the skin cell activity in the skin, disrupts the skin, um, the acid mantle and skin barrier defense system. Then your brain can't then focus on everything to start looking after your skin cells and keeping everything out, which is meant to be out. And then everything will start getting confusing. And then we start seeing skin concerns. So it's even just by rebuilding and repairing that acid mantle and skin barrier defense system to stop letting things in the skin which we don't want in and stop letting things out which we don't want out you will then start seeing dramatic results with the skin so basically the way that um you can start rebuilding your acid mantle and skin barrier defense system is stop over exfoliating stop using products that are high in alcohol perfumes paraben um, fragrances um stop using t- products that are too stripping stop using um start eating more of kind of like alkaline based foods try and pay a little bit of attention to kind of like how much like almost like meat and dairy um that you're eating it would be um watching how much um, how often you're having skin treatments done and how exfoliating these skin treatments are it's using things on the skin with which are just kind of it's almost more of just feeding the skin nutrition getting the skin back to health again and feeding the skin the ingredients which your skin needs to to be able to make it healthy people forget that our skin is an organ and it's one of the it's the biggest organ of the body and it is um been and designed to protect us from the outside in and the inside out but when we consume nutrition it goes straight to our organs which need it the most so it goes to our heart our liver our kidneys so it goes to all of those places first and then goes to obviously our skin and everything afterwards so really technically our skin is just undernutritious and if we improve that then we start improving just the general results of our skin so that's the next step so the first step is looking at the client's lifestyle medical history hormones how they look after themselves stress levels the next thing is repairing their acid mantle and skin barrier defense system and getting their skin back healthy again the next one on from there is then stimulating the lymphatic system and the blood supply. So when we stimulate the blood circulation, you're basically bringing oxygen nutrition to the, to the skin from the inside out. 
so and also as well as obviously your blood moves hormones and chemical messages around the body so it really helps to stimulate the area put the skin into a healing response bring the skin oxygen nutrition and bring what the bring the skin what it needs to be able to repair itself by stimulating your lymphatic system and your blood um, by stimulating your lymphatic system um, your lymphatic system is there to help with the wound healing so it help with any inflammation and any problems that are going on with the skin it helps with skin hydration it helps to remove toxic waste from the area um, and fluid retention. So by stimulating your blood supply and your lymphatic system, you're feeding the skin from the inside out and you're trying to make the skin healthy from the um, from the lower layers. You can do this by obviously facial massage, having treatments, when cleansing properly. Um, obviously, you can buy all like the nice massage devices and stuff like that. But just be careful that you're not over exfoliating the skin and you're not overdoing um, uh, things which shouldn't be overdone the next thing then is ensure that every um person's home care routine has repair prevent and protect so again like what i said one of the most common things which people do in um with skin concerns is they start using ingredients to repair the problem but not actually try and rebuild the skin back to health and protect it from further damage so everybody in their routine should be having Things in their routine to make the skin healthy again, rebuild their acid mantle and skin barrier defense system. They should be um, using ingredients to protect the skin, so using their SPF. Then they should be using their ingredients to help repair their problem. And as long once you've got that triangle, you can really get some good results. The last point is obviously using then the cell, um, using ingredients which or treatments which stimulate the, the cells of concerns. So the main cells that we really work with in the skin is um, your melanocyte, which produces pigment, your oil gland, which is obviously oil, the fibroblast, which is collagen elastin, your gags, which is the hydration of your skin, and your keratinocyte, which is your skin cells. So if you start using ingredients which and having treatments done to help work with these cells, which are linked to the specific concerns, then obviously you start seeing results. So as a summary to what I've just said, so to simplify how to help people with most skin concerns is internal well-being, add skin barrier defense system, plus stimulating the blood supply and lymphatic system, getting the skin back to health again, and then using ingredients and treatments targeted to their concerns equals optimum health with including the repair, prevent, protect triangle. So then that is that question answered so this kind of leads on then to the next question that someone's asked so it's how to build a simple at-home skincare routine so again like what I said um it's kind of hard to simplify it because obviously it depends on concerns and um and what people are wanting out of the treatment but I would say as a general a general overview of building a simple at-home skin routine is ideally go and see a skin specialist to advise you best on what's best for your skin. And a good skincare specialist will not only advise you on products that they can potentially sell to you, but they'll also advise you on and other treatments or things that you can do from home to improve your skin health from home. So Go and speak to a professional that they can tailor something best for you. Every skincare routine should have a repair, prevent and protect in it to help rebuild the skin, target specific skin cells and protect from further damage. Um, and you need to be stimulating the blood supply and the lymphatic system with all your massage treatments with, to help with oxygen, nutrition and um, wound healing um, hydration of the skin, removing waste and toxins and things from the area. 
And I would say that try and avoid too much stripping products. So nothing too high, like any too high fragrances, perfumes and alcohol. And I would say try and not over exfoliate. So only exfoliate um, around two times a week unless advised otherwise. And I would advise to go more for an acid-based um, exfoliator where it where it almost kind of like dissolves the bonds which hold the dead skin cells to your face. So it will naturally exfoliate away rather than using too much of exfoliate, um, like grainy exfoliators, which can scratch the skin surface, which again will lead to an impaired acid. So yeah, to simplify, if... Um, as a general overview for people who are looking for um, to build their skincare routine at home, then I would recommend that everybody needs to be exfoliating every day, um, a.m. and p.m. Normally in the morning, it's just one cleanse. And then in the evening, you do a cleanse just to help remove any makeup and then another cleanse to remove, you no, know, to actually help clean the skin. I would recommend that when you're cleansing, to be cleansing for a minimum of 30 seconds, because then that then helps to stimulate the blood circulation and lymphatic system. I recommend that most people, unless told otherwise, would tend to be exfoliating around two times a week. And I would say to, with your exfoliators, go for more of an acid exfoliator over a grainy exfoliator because they're a lot better for the skin. Obviously, using um, a moisturizer daily. So in every routine, everybody um, needs to be using an SPF to help to protect their skin. Ideally, minimum of 30 um, UVA and UVB protected. Everybody should be using some form of moisturiser tailored to their skin and everybody should be using some form of active ingredient depending on what their specific skin concern is. So cleansing every day is a must, moisturising every day is a must and um, SPF every day is a must and then around two times a week exfoliation and then once a month having facials done. So the next one that I have been asked is how to make sure you build a, and attract an ideal client base that you want. So again, this can be an answer that can go into a lot of detail if I wanted to, but we're just doing a quick overview at the moment. So I would say understand who you are so I always say that your business is a direct reflection of you so how hard you work is how what the business is going to look like if you're messy the business is messy if you're unorganized the business will be unorganized if you're feeling down and unmotivated your staff will feel down and unmotivated so I always say that your business is a direct reflection of you so in terms of relating that to how to build your um, build your ideal client base is in a way, just be you, but make it clear on who you are. So obviously using kind of your social medias, your websites, your presence of, of how people feel when they come into the clinic, how you leave your clients feeling, um, your standards, your ethics, the way that you communicate with people, that's going to naturally attract the people that you want into, into your business so I would really say that answer is quite simple is just be you and also as well is that it's important to the clients that you have in that come in to see you are just as important as trying to get or just as important if not more important as trying to get more people through the door because the people that are already coming to you are loyal they they're the ones that spread the word in this industry it's very lot a lot about word of mouth and how they feel when they're so keeping your good clients and your uh, keeping your client is the main thing really
So that's, um, so that's that question. The next one that I've got is three most important things to get in line when starting out. So very simplified, so three most important things. I would say is having some form, as much as it most likely will not go to plan, um, some form of business plan in place. So understanding kind of your branding, your color, like your color scheme, your business mission of what you want to, what you want your business to be about, who you are to the business and understanding you as a person, your strengths, your weaknesses, the budget that you've got, the image that So I would say having some form of business plan in place and some goals, having some end dates to your goals, just to give you something to work with and something to to relay back to that when you're going through like your up and your down moments that you can kind of come back, come back to and remind yourself. So I think that's one of the most important things. The next the next most important thing um, is having some form of cash flow. Um, Where I got caught out when I first opened up my business is spending literally every single penny that I had to my name into the business, still having a lot of learning curves and needing to learn a lot, a lot about everything um, and then falling short. And then it turns into almost kind of like a vicious circle to try and get yourself back straight again. So I would say having some form of cash flow behind you where you can where you can lean back on a little bit so that you can keep every so that every keeping everything organized and everything going the next thing that i would say as one of the most important things when starting out is understanding what you want to do and understanding what you want to give out to people and like your branding and your business um because i think once you understand who you are as a business and what you can give to people and how you can add value to people um and understanding what you want to achieve will then really help to then kind of like plan ahead um and i know that it's not like an important thing to know when you're starting out but i think just general advice when you're starting out a business i think that the two probably the two main things I can say is one you need to learn to enjoy the ride because um, because uh, business is all about learning and you need to understand that the downtimes are there to learn from and to make you humble and to make you appreciate the good times um and if it wasn't for and most of the things that I teach people today is probably because I I failed or because I've had to go for a brutal learning curve to understand what I'm trying to teach people so if it wasn't for the fact of everything that I've had to go through the bad side of things over the last kind of like couple like over the last years of couple of years of business which I've been in it um but it's it teaches you some valuable lessons so don't feel sorry for yourself because if it was easy everybody would do it and it um and yeah um so that's one thing that I'd say another top tip that I'd say of starting out a business is as much as it's to again it's something that I've learned from is just enjoy the whole ride of it um it's really important to have in place obviously your goals and where you want to be put time limits on your goals evaluate everything but try not to rush things too much because if you rush things too much you end up getting stressed things going wrong you end up um, you end up making obviously mistakes you lose focus and it puts you under a lot of pressure I do believe that if things are meant to be, things are meant to be. And if they're not, they're not. Um, and I do think it, like grafting and working hard is really important when you're trying to get a business up and running. 
but you also need to learn to enjoy the whole ride as well and the whole learning curves that come with it because even most successful people that you hear or successful people that you listen to the best part of the journey when they look back on it is actually the whole journey as soon as they got to where they want to be they probably people who are naturally business-minded start then looking for a different project or do looking for something else so and learn to enjoy the whole journey so the next point is we're nearly at the end so the next point is what equipment is the most important when starting out so obviously it depends on what part of the industry that you're in because I know that there's people from different backgrounds that listen to this but in kind of the skin aesthetic beauty industry in general again I would go back and have a look at what you want to be about or what you want to deliver to your clients do your research I would say that in terms of the um, keeping budget as low as possible, but getting best results, I would say that the most important things to have in your clinic is offering detailed skin consultations, a good skincare range that you can offer to your clients, which will bring them results and that you can use within your treatments. Skin pills are very good because they're high in active ingredients, which help get results. They're quick, so they're profitable and also um, a lot like they're you get some great results with skin pills. Um, microneedling. So microneedling is a great anti-aging treatment, but it's not, it doesn't cost too much compared to other machines and things like that to be able to purchase. And then, um, but it means that you're hitting the dermis layer of the skin, which means that it's a great anti-aging treatment, helps penetrate ingredients into the skin. And I would say um, an LED light because an LED light's really good way of just incorporating it into facials, making it a little bit more luxury. I would probably say as a starting point, that'd be the main thing. Um, the three uh, the main things. So it'd be an LED light, microneedling, skin pills, and a good cosmeceutical um skincare range because it means then you can offer treatments for all skin concerns you can do the relaxation treatments and really make make the luxury treatments you've got the add-ons like the led lights to really enhance you can hit the dermis for anti-aging treatments and then you've got high active ingredients to get concerns for your skin pills and then obviously you've got a mix between doing long treatments to short treatments which make it a lot more profitable for you so that's what I would recommend if specifically to the skin, the aesthetic and beauty industry. The last question that I have today is what to look out for when in hiring new employees. So I honestly reckon that I could probably make like a book on staff because there is honestly one of those things that can make or break a business. And obviously, technically, if you want a business to be successful and to run without you, you need to build your staff. So and I would say that when I first opened the business where I originally went wrong is I was young um, and I never had to manage or um or like deal with stuff in that sort of way before. So I think the first point is when I first opened is I wanted everybody to be my friend, which was a rookie mistake because you're there that meant to be their boss, not their friend, which then kind of took away being able to talk to them as their employer and as a boss or a manager to be able to then get them almost to respect you in that sort of way. I do also think that the more that you go through business and the more you start dealing with people, you end up becoming a little bit more solid two things you start being a lot more um not like putting up the stuff but you you learn to manage people a bit better and kind of work with different people's personalities and you will only get that through experience 
So that's the first mistake that I made. I made the mistake of trying to give them way too much to try and motivate them to where to the point where they were almost expecting it. So it was almost draining the life out of me trying to please them. But then they ended up almost stopped respecting what the, everything that I was trying to do to them. They didn't almost see it as kind of like a um, motivation anymore. They saw it almost kind of as just a natural thing as part of their job. Um, so then that's another mistake that I made. Another mistake that I made was and the, just the general lack of communication or putting standards in place. So now we've got complete standards in place of exactly what I am expecting of these staff members. Um, if I need to speak to them, speaking to them face to face and like just getting straight to the point, um, understanding their points of views, um, them getting no, obviously them understanding mine and communication is massively key. And sometimes it can take a little bit of a while to build that up with people um, in general communication with anybody in the business or um, in the industry is really important because you're working with a lot of people so people need to understand exactly what you're about and you need to understand people's personalities and how to work with them and how to build up a relationship to optimize the the business or, or what you're trying to achieve as a whole so the next thing that um, I went wrong is almost kind of employing anybody because it was almost kind of it was we needed more staff whoever came in we would interview them and then they weren't necessarily right for the job or not having the strength to then three months down their probation having to communicate with them to talk to them that the job isn't right for them so whereas obviously now as time's gone on I've learned that if somebody's not right for the job um or then they're basically we need to do something about it but again that, that sternness comes from time and experience and dealing with people but it's really important that if that person isn't right for the business and isn't right for the job and um, they're not doing their part of the deal, then that needs to be communicated. And if nothing's done about it, then obviously things need to be moved. You need to be moved on. So, yeah, um, other mistakes that I've made is us getting very busy and then employing staff because we're busy. But just because we're busy doesn't necessarily mean that we're making profitable treatments. Um, so we're all the girls are absolutely fully booked. We have loads of staff members in, but not making really hardly any money from it. And that's where we had to then change kind of like the dynamics of the business of, yes, we want to provide an amazing service to people, but we need to understand that as a business, we need to be making profit. Um, so what do we need to be putting in place to make profit um, and um, over being busy? So there's been a lot of things I've learned as an overview in terms of hiring staff. I would and I would on I, like all the staff that work at the clinics and or that I've worked with um, some of the best practitioners that I've ever met have come from no experience at all and then having to train them up to where they are. So it doesn't even necessarily mean experience. I honestly think it's more of down to your hiring the person. Um, so I would say that you want to look out for whether like the how whether you two can work together, understanding each other's personalities, your both of your qualities and your strengths understanding how that person is going to add value to your business um, understanding their goals obviously them having a pure understanding of your ethics and your workplace policies giving them an understanding of any kind of like career progressions or like giving and giving them kind of um, their own goals and um, future growth that they can work with um, and just communication is really key but also finding that balance between I want all the staff to come to me and be able to tell me absolutely everything and be able to communicate with me or if they don't or if they're not happy about something I don't want any bitchiness or anything in the workplace I don't want any of that um, so I want them to be able to come and communicate with me but also then realize that 
I've got a business to run and that we've got and we've got people to make happy and we've got to and we've got goals that we need to achieve and then be aware of those goals. And also it's important to see where the staff want to be in the business because people that want to build the business just as much as I do, obviously I'll work with them and give them the time and everything to to work with, to, to get involved with it. If somebody comes in and they literally want to come and do their job and go home again, then as long as they're doing their job properly and they are a good therapist or practitioner and that when they are working in, they're giving it 100 percent, then that's absolutely fine. Let them enjoy their job coming in and doing that. So it's understanding where that staff member wants to be and what they can bring to you and how you how you communicate with them. If that makes any sense. So I think that's just I think that's a summary. It's finding the nice balance and re, and ensuring communication and making clear guidelines of exactly what you are wanting from this person. Um, so yeah, I think that's it. So I've done like all the questions, and I think that's gone on for a little while anyway. We'll do some more frequently asked questions as the podcast go on. Um, but I hope that you've enjoyed that and you've got something from it. And um, yeah, that is today's podcast. <laughs>